morning, everybody. Um, it's great to be here again. And uh, today I want to share you guys about uh, Elijah. Um, this is particularly, it's from 1 Kings 19, chapter 19. Some of you guys are probably already familiar with Elijah. But um, before I talk about chapter 19, I want to talk about, I want to give you guys the summary of chapter 18. So, in chapter 18, 1 Kings 18, God asked Elijah to meet up with kings of Israel at that time. His name was Ahab, King Ahab, okay? So the reason because he was so wicked, he was one of the wicked kings that Israel had, okay? So he had been worshiping the false god named Baal, okay? Now, so basically Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal to a contest. You know, Elijah said, if the Lord, God of the Bible, uh, is the true God, then, then follow him, right? But if your God, which is Baal, is, is the true God, then go ahead. You know, basically, whoever is the true God, we got to follow. So uh, they came up with this plan, two bulls, right? And one for Elijah and one for the other prophets, uh, 450 prophets of Baal total. And there were actually another, there, there are more prophets, false prophets, uh, 400, uh, 400 prophets of Asherah, so total about 850 prophets, false, prop, false prophets, okay? Now, so Elijah says this, cut the sacrifice into pieces, you know, place them on the wood, but don't set the fire, right? Now, so he lets the, the false prophets to do it first, to call upon their God. Okay, so those 450 people, they've been calling their gods in the morning. Since the morning, they've been uh, worshiping, asking for the fire to consume the sacrifice. Until the evening, they, they even um, started like cutting their, their, their flesh and, because that's how they call their God. So no answer still. And then Elijah finally was fed up. Elijah said, you know what, guys? Let me just do it, okay? That's it. Time's up for you guys. So let me do it, my part. So finally, finally, Elijah said, he said, God, before he actually prayed, he, he asked for water. And then the water, he poured it on the wood and onto the sacrifice, just to make it harder, right? He just want to brag about his God. So he said, God, if you are real, answer my prayer. So all of a sudden, fire from heaven uh, comes down and then starts consuming the sacrifice. Now, then the false prophets got eliminated because they were the losers. They lost, right? Now, that's the summary of chapter 18. Now, on to the uh, First Kings chapter 19. So I want to I wanna talk about this uh, from verse 1 to 18, okay? So I'll, I'll read verse 1. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. Now, Ahab, King Ahab, was the king of, the, of Israel. But the one was in control, actually, the wife, you know, uh, Queen Jezebel. You know, just between you and I, okay, there's a story that's quite em- embarrassing about uh, King Ahab, right? So um, the story goes like this. One day, King Ahab... Um, was trying to buy a vineyard that actually close to his house, his palace. 
uh, and the, the guy that was, he was trying to buy the vineyard from, his name was Naboth. So he, he, he speaks to Naboth, hey, Naboth, you're my neighbor, uh, but I like your vineyard. How, how about this? I buy your vineyard, and then you can buy another vineyard somewhere, you know, because I really like your vineyard, and I want to turn that vineyard into a vegetable garden. So Naboth was like, no, king, I'm sorry. This is, this is my uh, family uh, vineyard, so I cannot sell it. Now, Ahab, like a little kid, he got upset, and he's like, you know what? Ah, so upset, and he goes home, and then he, he, he doesn't want to eat anything, and he's so upset, and then, obviously, Queen Jezebel, right? He's like, what happened, hon? What, what's wrong? You're so um, upset and stuff like this, you know? And, and King, King um, Ahab told the story about what happened with Naboth, and Jezebel said this, you know what? Don't worry, honey. I'll, I, got, I got this, you know? So she, she took matters into her own hands, and next thing you know, Naboth is gone, is dead. And King Ahab was able to get his hands on the vineyard. So that's how wicked, you know, the king and queen back then. I was like so messed up. Now, verse 2, it says this. So Jezebel sent the message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them, the false prophets. Now, Jezebel sent a message to Elijah, maybe text message nowadays, right? Hey, tomorrow I'm going to kill you. Mark my word. You know, you're going to be dead by tomorrow. And verse 3, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Now, Elijah in chapter 18, he wasn't afraid facing those 850 false prophets. And yet, he was so afraid against this person. Just one person sent a text message. I'm going to kill you. He was freaking out, you know, because he was threatened, right? He went south. He went south, not Mississippi, not Mexico. He went south, you know, the kingdom of Judah. Because you had this northern part, Israelite, Israel, king of, king Israel, kingdom of Israel, and then south, it kingdom of Judah, right? So he basically went south, the kingdom of Judah, to Beersheba. Elijah went there to drop off the servant. Now, let's see verse 4. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, Traveling all day, he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Now, after he dropped off the servant to Beersheba, Elijah went wandering around. You know, he was just so depressed. He went traveling all day long to the wilderness, to the desert. And do you know why? He was suicidal. Imagine this. This is one of the greatest prophets ever. He was suicidal. You know, he wanted to die there. He was a lone wolf, and he isolated himself in the desert from others. You see? He didn't even want the servant to be with him. Now, today, I have a feeling that some of you guys, some of us here, maybe we are going through this. You know, uh, we just want to give up on life because it's too hard. You know, you probably see, I followed God from when I was little. I grew up in a Christian family. I did everything right, just like Elijah did. You know, he was told to do this. He did it. You know, he did everything right. 
You know, like Elijah, he performed miracles. Now, I want to show you this. One, he did uh, something really extraordinary. He prayed to God to stop praying for three years. You know, in chapter 17, he stopped praying for three years. Who does that? You know, Elijah did it, you know. The second thing, he summoned fire. Like I said, he summoned fire from heaven. And it happened. The third, he outran a chariot. You know what a chariot is? We don't really use it nowadays, right? We have, we have cars, you know. We have Tesla and stuff like that. Now, a chariot back then was fancy, you know. At least chariot consists of one a horse. At least you got to at least have to have one horse to pull the chariot. But normally, two horses to pull a chariot. Now, imagine this. Elijah outran a chariot. You know, he was, he was faster than Usain Bolt. You know, he was faster than Flash, probably. He was the OG of Flash, like the real Flash. You know, so imagine this so quick, so fast. He did many miracles. And because of this, just one person that threatened him, he was afraid. You know, he's depressed. So Elijah expected all the people, when he summoned the fire from heaven, to believe in God after, after the contest, right? But it turned out, not all of them believe in God. You know, he's given everything he's got. He was zealous for God, but it wasn't enough. You see, he didn't get what he'd hoped for because he, he thought, man, if I did this miracle, everybody would believe. Nope. He was physically, mentally, spiritually tired, drained. You see? You know what? Maybe like some of us, maybe we, we've been um, eating healthy food, you know, exercising, um, and, and all of a sudden our, our primary doctor says, you know what? You have cancer. I'm like, how? I've been doing everything right. Exercising, eat healthy stuff, or maybe you should get a promotion because you did everything right. Man, I expect something good because I did everything right. And nope, you did not get a promotion. You know, that's like Elijah. So for some of us who are like Elijah and depressed, going through uh, difficulties and, and things like that, being suicidal, I have a message for you from the Bible, straight from the Bible. Okay, verse 5. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. You know, the word sleep or sleeping here in this verse in Hebrew is yashen. It means obviously to sleep okay, or to remain or to stay for a long period of time. Now, this is the same exact word that is used in the Bible when God uh, put Adam to sleep in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 2. The same exact word. Now, when Adam woke up, he found his one and only girl. And literally, it's not being romantic here. Literally, because Eve was the only girl at that time. So when he woke up, he got his one and only girl. You know, how about Elijah? What did he get after he woke up? Let's read verse 6. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Now, in Elijah's case... When he woke up, he found what? Food, right? Bread and water that was prepared by an angel. You know what? I personally, I don't know about you guys, I personally never tasted 
uh, food prepared by an angel, right? The closest thing probably to that is eating uh, angel hair pasta. That's it. I don't know about you guys, but that's, that's me, okay? Now, when Adam woke up, he found Eve, right? But in Elijah's case, when he woke up, he found bread and water prepared for him. Now, from this, just two events, I can clearly see that our God provides our needs. You know, not our wants. Once again, God provides our needs, not our wants. You know, God said this, it is not good for the man, the man, Adam, to be alone. And that's the reason why God created Eve, to help Adam, to be a companion to Adam. Okay, so because Adam needed Eve. Okay, now for Elijah, Elijah needed food at that moment, right? He needed the bread and water, you know, and the food was no ordinary food. You know, we can see it in verse 8 later on, okay? Now, do you know who else need bread and the water? The bread and the water. You know, it is us. It is us. Jesus said this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And he, he continues on. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. You know, you and I, you and I need the bread of life and the living water. You know who it is? It's Jesus. It's Jesus Christ. Let's move on to verse 7 here. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. Now, clearly Elijah fell asleep for the second time. Because he was exhausted. He was so, so, so tired. He was so depressed. And the journey, according to the angel, was going to be tough. You know? And how tough? Let's see. Verse 8 here. So he got up and ate again the second time. And the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Now, like I said before, this food was no ordinary food. Because clearly, you know, before, before, before Jesus actually fasted 40 nights and 40 days, so about 830 years ago prior to this, Elijah did it already. He did not eat for 40 days and 40 nights according to the text. You know, so the angels was completely right. You know, because if Elijah didn't eat the food that was prepared by him, you know, he wouldn't be able to make the journey. Now, the distance between Beersheba, that was the last known place before Elijah went, and went to a, a wilderness. It was uh, Beersheba. So from Beersheba to Mount Sinai, it's about 200 miles. Now, from, for today's standard, it's nothing, right? We, we take, take a flight, you know, with an airplane or drive, right? 200 miles, nothing. But remember, he didn't have anything. He had to walk, right? And also, he needed to climb up. You know, it's about 7,400 um, feet, 7, feet above sea level. So it's, it's hard. It's tough, you know? The terrain was hard, was rugged. The condition was rough. 
That's why he needed that bread and water. Verse 9. Then he came to a cave where he spent the night, but the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So after walking for 40 days and 40 nights, finally he got to Mount Sinai, you know, where he spent a night in a cave. He was tired, probably, right? Imagine that. Walking 40 nights, let alone 40 nights. 30 minutes is like, ah, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Right? This is 40 nights, 40 days. Now, after that, finally God talked to Elijah after many, many, many days without talking to him. You know, God asked Elijah a question. What are you doing here? Now, God asks questions if you read the Bible. Now, when, when God does ask a question, it doesn't mean that he doesn't know the answer. You see, um, God asks, where are you, Adam and Eve? After they ate the forbidden fruit, God asked them, where are you? It doesn't mean that he doesn't know. He just, he just asking for, to, not to gain information, but to see if they're being honest. And Jesus also asked, a blind man, a blind man came to Jesus. Jesus, and Jesus is like, what do you want? It's, an, it's, it's so obvious. He wants to be healed, right? Then why would Jesus ask? It's not to gain information, but to see if they're honest about their condition to God. Just like you and I sometimes. God asks us questions. You know, when God asked Elijah the question again, he, not, he did not know where, what he was doing over there, you know, but simply to ask about his condition. Is he being honest to God about his condition? How about us? Are we being honest about our condition to God, to our spouses, to our friends, our church, brothers and sisters? You know, the Bible says this, share one another's burdens. In this way, you obey the law of Christ. So share one another's burdens. Now, how in the world we share our burdens without being honest? You know, that's the law of Christ. Share one another's burden. Gotta be honest, right? In order for us to share our burdens. Now, next, verse 10. Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the, Lord, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Now, here, Elijah told God, what, why he was suicidal and depressed. You know, it's like I mentioned earlier, you know, the first thing was because Elijah didn't get what he hoped for in spite of his best, best effort. He gave everything, like he like, gave all. You know, his strength, his might, his everything, he gave it all. But you know what? They didn't even listen to me. Second thing, he felt lonely. He said, I am the only one, God. I'm the only person now that is being faithful to you. You know? And the third, Jezebel, Queen Jezebel, tried to kill him. Now, this is, these are a great combination to make anybody depressed. You know, it's just too much for Elijah. Verse 11 here. God says this, go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. 
and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. Now, check this out. Around 550 years before Elijah went to Mount Sinai, you know, Moses was there to receive the Ten Commandments from God. Now, I want to bring you back to that era, to Moses' era, okay? So, from Exodus 19, verse 16 to 19. On the mountain of the third day, on the morning, sorry, of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud on the mountain. Sounds similar. There was a very loud blast from a trumpet, and all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord came down on it in fire. The smoke rose from the mountain like smoke from a furnace, and the whole, world, the whole mountain shook wildly. So that, that's an earthquake right there. Verse 19, the sound from the trumpet became louder than Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. So, you know, Elijah knew what happened to Moses on this mountain. Exactly, he knew exactly what happened, you know? If you ask a, a Jew, they would tell you, whoa, yeah, that's the mountain where uh, God gave Ten Commandments to Moses. So Elijah knew exactly what happened. And Elijah had a similar experience like Moses did. You know, when Elijah, when Moses was on that mountain, he received Ten Commandments. You know, when Elijah was on the Mount Sinai, the Mount of God, he received the drive to live again. He received a different perspective about his ministry. You know, if you continue on reading the next chapter, his ministry has changed. You know, so he, he, he got the drive to live again, change of the, the ministry, the perspective of his ministry, and the third, he learned his purpose in life. You know, if you and I want to know our purpose in life, let's come to God's mountain. You see? Come to his presence because like Elijah, like Moses, we got something from that. From his presence, he will speak to us. Now, I want to revisit verse 12, okay? There were a lot of amazing things happen here. You know, the thunders, the, the wind, the fire and stuff like that. It's amazing, you know? But one thing that I really, uh, I was... I was really surprised and really caught my attention was the sound of a gentle whisper. You know, God was being gentle to Elijah. You know, remember this, when Elijah came to the mountain, he was broken. You see, some of us like that, when we came to God, we were broken. You know, he was broken, he was depressed, had no hope, just fixed beyond repair. Right now, imagine if God was yelling at Elijah, like, Elijah, what are you doing over here? 
Are you serious? You outran a chariot. Come on, who did that? Who, who did that? You. No one else. I just gave it that strength to you. Who, 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 who sent the fire to consume that? You know, I, I was working through you. Why would you come here and being depressed like a little kid here? God wasn't like this. God wasn't like this. Now, this is so important here. Isaiah 42, verse 2 to 3. This is so beautiful. He will be gentle. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush those who are weak or quench the smallest hope. Come on now. You know, that's so amazing. It's like, oh my gosh, that's so me. Those who are weak, come on. Raise your hands if you're weak, right? Because you haven't been exercising probably. <laughs> that's why you're weak. But I'm serious. Spiritually, we're weak. We're depressed. And God is not like, hey, what are you doing over there? Come on. No. He's being gentle. He will not crush those who are weak. That's the kind of God that I have and you have if you believe the God of the Bible. Now, let's read verse 13. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and a, and a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? You know, this is the second time God asked Elijah. This is the second time. Same exact question that he did ask in verse 9. Same exact question. Now, again, it's to see if Elijah was being honest about his condition to God, not to gain any information. No, simply just to know if he was being honest. Verse 14. He replied again. I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. You know, again, Elijah gave the same, same, same exact answer as he did in verse 10. So Elijah was completely being honest. You know, if you and I want God to help us, to open a way for us, we got to be honest with him. You know, sometimes some, some of you guys, especially guys probably, are being so prideful. Like, being honest, it's so hard for, the, for guys. You know, it's hard like, to share our weaknesses. Like, oh man, I'm struggling in this, that. You know, and what God says, God opposes the proud but give grace to the humble. So if you're being too prideful, just stop it. Because Elijah was just done. He's like, God, I'm broken. I'm broken. I just, I don't know what to do. Be like Elijah. Be open. Open up. Open up to God. Open up to your pastors. Open up to your, your brothers and sisters in Christ. So then we can pray. Share one another's burden. Verse 15. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be the king of Israel. And anoint Elijah, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazel will be killed by Jehu. 
and those who escape by Jehu will be killed by Elijah. Now, Elijah, before this, Elijah thought he needed to do everything by himself. He had a wrong perspective because he thought, man, everything, I got to do everything. I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this by myself. He had a wrong perspective all along. As a result, he got burnt out. You know, he, he thinks that, oh, man, I got to carry all my family problems. Oh, you know, and you carry that for such a long time, you're going to burn out. You know, God never intended for us to do everything by ourselves. You know, God gave Elijah the help that he needed, those three people, right? He also provides you and I the help that we need. God is our provider, you know? You have your family, newborn family. That's crucial, I think. That's why I, can't, I cannot wait to see you guys in person because I cannot talk to you right now, you know? I can talk to you, but I, I cannot hear your voice, see? So this is very crucial. We need one another, you know? Share your burdens. Now, check this out, okay? All this time, Elijah thought he was the only person that was loyal to God, was faithful to God. And God, God said this. God said, by the way, Elijah, if you see verse 18 now, God said, by the way, Elijah, I have 7,000 people left in Israel who have never bowed down before Baal and whose mouths have never kissed his idol. Now, most of the time, maybe this is 10 out of 10, you know, when we are depressed, stressed out, suicidal, or whatnot, you know, we think we're the only ones who go through difficult times. No one else. Everybody else is having fun, not me. I'm depressed. I'm, I'm going through this by myself. The Bible says this. Know that your Christian family, know that your newborn family, know that everybody, basically, all over the world is having the same kinds of suffering. Remember that. So you're not alone. You're not alone. Now, I want to ask music to come up. Um, the musicians? Okay. <laughs> now, just for people who, who woke, just woke up and just joined our, our streaming, live streaming, I want to say good morning. Okay, welcome. Okay. <laughs> And for those people who maybe are lost, you know, there's a lot of verses. I was like reading 1 to 18 and I'm like, I don't remember what he said, you know. I want to summarize to you guys. Okay, I want to, I want to, I'm going to remind you again. Three things that you got to remember, okay. First, first thing is this. Our journey in this world is too harsh, too hard without the living water and the bread of life. You see, the angel said, you know what? Elijah, forget about this. You gotta eat this. Because the journey ahead of you, it's so hard without this water, the living water, this bread of life. It's hard. You cannot make it. And for some of you guys, 
we don't know about this journey until it's too late. You know, some, some of us are already broken and like, oh my gosh, I wish I knew God before this. You know, the journey in this world is too hard without the living water, the bread of life. That is Jesus. That's one. Second, God is gentle and near to the brokenhearted. Second, God is gentle and near to the brokenhearted. He will not crush who are weak. Those who are weak, He won't crush. Those who are depressed, He won't crush. Those who are suicidal, those who are stressed out, He won't crush or quench the smallest hope. Instead, He will restore, He will strengthen us just like He did to Elijah. So second, God is gentle and near to the brokenhearted. The third one. Now, this is, I haven't mentioned before. So if you just woke up and you just start listening, you, you didn't miss this one. Okay? I have not mentioned this before. And I'm going to close it with this. This is very, very important. Now, Elijah, in Hebrew, is Eliyahu. Simply says, Eliyahu. And it means this. My God is Yahweh. Eliyahu means my God is Yahweh. I'm going to bring you back to Moses' time, okay? Moses said this. God actually spoke to Moses. Moses, Moses, Moses. Deliberate my people. Liberate my people. Those Israelites in Egypt. So Moses is like, what? Me? Yes, you. And then Moses asked God, well, how should I say your name? You know, if, if these people ask, what is your name, God? You know, and God said this, I am who I am, Moses. Come again, God. Moses said, what was that? And God said, I am who I am. It's such a weird name. I'm like, what? What is that? But it simply means Yahweh. You know, Eliyahu means my God is Yahweh. Elijah means my God is Yahweh. I have a question here. Who is your God? Who is your God? You see, my God is Yahweh, the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ. You know, that's my God. Is your God is money today? What is your God? Is your God car? All the wealth that you've been collecting all these years? Let me ask you this. Is your God willing to die for you? Because my God did. He died for me. Even, even, check this out. Even when I was his enemy to begin with. He said, even when you were my enemy, I was willing to die for you. That's how amazing Yahweh is. How amazing Jesus Christ is. You see, you cannot go to God without Christ. He's our mediator. Through Him, we can go to Yahweh. That's amazing, you know. It, it's beyond me. It's beyond everyone's grasp. Because no God is willing to do that. It's only in Jesus Christ we found our hope. So today, if you never accepted Christ in your life, I'm going to ask you this. Who is your God? You know, I'm going to tell you, my God is compassionate. Is your God compassionate? 
Elijah said this, if God, Yahweh, is the true God, then follow him. He's been true to me. He's been through all day long. It's been years I've been following him. Never once. Never once. He has forsaken me. Never once. You know, things that I don't understand, I, there are things that I don't understand. But he's always there for me. You know? So if you never receive Christ in your life, I want to challenge you to, to cry out and say, God, I need that kind of God that rescued Elijah, that rescued Moses and his people. I want to know that God. If you really, really sincere and then ask God, Jesus Christ, to come to your heart, you know, it doesn't matter how you say it. As long as you say, God, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, even though I was a wicked person, and yet you're willing to die for me. Lord, I want to trust in that kind of God. You know, I want to let go of everything that was the God, but I want to believe in you. Oh Lord, thank you so much for today. You are so gentle, Lord. And never crush our hope, Jesus. Lord, instead, you traded your life for us. We're not worthy, Lord. We're never worthy, Lord, to receive that such grace, such mercy, Lord. And yet, Lord, you gave it to us, Lord. You're amazing. There are no words that I can describe about you, Jesus. Lord, today, Lord, you see our, our condition, Lord. It's so bad, Lord. You see, we don't even know when we're going to go back to work. We don't know when we're going to have a church again. Lord, it's so messed up, Lord. Some of us are suicidal. Some of us are just so depressed. Some of us just don't know what to do with life, Lord. Just like Elijah, Lord. We're just crying out, Lord, we need you, Lord. We're just so done with this, Lord. We need your presence, Jesus. Today, Lord, we humbly come before you and ask for your guidance, Lord. Today, Lord, your spirit upon us, Jesus. Even though we don't know what the future's whole holds, Lord, but we want to believe you, Lord. We want to put our trust in you, Jesus. Today, Lord, you're in control. You're awesome, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.